Welcome to Guys We Fucked. <laughs> guys We Fucked. Guys We Fucked. I'm Christina. I'm Corinne. We're sorry, sorry about, about last, last night. night. The anti slut shaming podcast. <laughs> I never stop. <laughs> hey, fuckers. Welcome to another episode of Guys We Fucked. The anti slut shaming and sexual assault podcast. I'm Christina. I changed it. (laughs) Well, I mean, no, I'm sorry. Society changed it. I'm Corinne. (laughs) Hey, when in doubt, don't pull your dick out. Oh, I thought you were, I was going to say, when in doubt, they did it. (laughs) (laughs) When in doubt, believe them. They're probably telling the truth. Statistically, they are. Uh, Hey, come see us live, you guys. Oh. L.A., sunny Los Angeles. We're almost sold out for that show, by the way. Sorry, I saw that it said my name. I, I, I was just so excited to get to uh, talk about sexual assault some more that I forgot we were doing, you know, this kind Intro. of uh, stuff on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so we're almost sold out no, uh, Sunday, November 19th. It's 8.30 p.m. Uh, Los Angeles in the Comedy Store in the main room. So get your tickets now. It's going to be Christina, myself, and then some special guests who you might know from the podcast. And it's called Fucked, a book mitzvah. Jews. Hey, New York City, Saturday, December 2nd, Wendy Starling and I are co-hosting Glamour Puss at Zinc Bar. It is going to be an incredible show with a lineup of some of my favorite people that you've heard on this podcast. Uh, It's at 7.30 p.m. in the West Village. Beautiful. Ooh, yeah, who's horny? I know. Who got a boner from that? Uh, At the uh, Zinc Bar is a beautiful jazz bar. It's one of my favorite places in the city. And it's a fun show. You don't want to miss it. Uh, Nashville, Tennessee, Friday, December 8th, and Saturday, December 9th. Wow. Our, I type Monday. <laughs> our promo sheet's jacked. Uh, Friday, December 8th, and Saturday, December 9th. Uh, Christina and I are co headlining Zanies. Uh, come. <laughs> this is the most stand up you'll, you'll ever have seen us done unless you've snuck into our apartments. Um, so it's going to be very fun. If you've overheard me in a shower, you've probably seen me do a long time. Little early uh, holiday present for you guys. And then Seattle, Washington, uh, on New Year's Eve, I am co-headlining uh, Parlor Live with comedian Steve Byrne, who I fucking love. Uh, some of He has some of the best jokes that explain the man-woman relationship that I've ever heard. Very excited. We'll put the link uh, to all these things so you can get tickets in the description of the podcast and then we'll also be tweeting them and Instagramming them on social media. Oh, and the book competition. Oh, yes. Oh, the the big winner of the book competition. Thank you so much for supporting us uh, with sales of uh, fucked. I mean, don't stop buying the book. It's still on sale. Yeah, keep buying it. It's like real good and get it for you, you know, your niece, your nephew. Yeah. Uh, And the big winner is the Pacific, (laughs) which we're going to be at. We want to find if you live in the Pacific uh, North northwest basically it's california seattle and oregon yeah so any in that area if there's like we're gonna hit the major cities just organically from bookings that our agents are getting us but if there's a place where you feel either could really use a show like like guys we fucked uh to come and do the the free show that we promised you we're gonna make good on this um or a place that you just you really think there's a cool spot that we would like because we want to kind of do a weird spot uh should seat a couple hundred people so it can't be your house and um well, unless you're a millionaire. Yeah. And so send us so send us a message. We're looking for kind of the the opinions of the fuckers. And I know everyone's just going to email and be like, my town. 
Yeah, but I don't want it to be San Francisco, Los Angeles. If you live in a major city, it's not happening. So if you live in a smaller city, but that's more than like 10 people, let us know about that city that we might not know about. A town, maybe even. A town. We'll come to a town. A lot of people ask, we didn't make the New York Times bestseller list. I didn't realize there's only five books per category for that. That's And the fact that we were considered, I'm very excited. The book sales were amazing, though. And, And HarperCollins, our publisher, was like, holy shit, you guys are... You, the sales are great. And the those lists have a lot more to do with multiple factors. Sales is obviously one of them. And we we did crush that. So thank you all so much for buying the book and for emailing us and tweeting us about it and uh, messaging us uh, that you liked it. I'm glad I'm glad you liked it. Right. And I mean, one of the, the five books was Hillary Clinton. Uh, so, so like, it's OK. Yeah. But we did. Yeah. And we had a number in our head of the amount of books that we wanted to sell. And we tramp- it. We trampled that number. Yeah. So that's all we can ask for. And also the book is great. So uh, we're going to do some ads real quick. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to listen, you just press the fast forward. Hey, you got an ass. Everyone has an ass. And you got to make your ass look good, even if you have jeans over top, what you got underneath. I'm talking about underwear. You knew that. You knew where I was going. Me undies makes feel good undies. Your butt will be proud to wear. They will be the most comfortable pair of underwear you will ever own. And sh- and to check it out yourself, you just go to MeUndies.com slash GWF with tons of styles and patterns to choose from for both men and ladies. Me Undies will have the perfect fit for any personality. The Me Undies feeling is unmatched because they use a naturally soft fabric that is three times softer than cotton. For a limited time only, check out Me Undies' first ever glow in the dark print lights out. Uh, why not update your underwear drawer and glow at the same time? I've, if, I've asked myself that so many times. <laughs> if And if the underwear isn't your thing, if underwear is not your thing, MeUndies also uh, makes the softest socks in the fucking world. Uh, every pair of underwear that I have put on my body for the past year has exclusively been MeUndies. It's because they ship it to us every time they get a new pattern. But honestly, it is the most comfortable underwear I've ever owned. And it it's not bulky. It's It's truly exceptional underwear and I mean that from the bottom of my heart to get 20% off the best and softest underwear and socks you will ever own free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee go to meundies.com slash gwf that's meundies.com slash gwf we get it (laughs) holiday shopping (laughs) can be tough I was like what (laughs) but thanks to movement all that gift giving anxiety (gasps) can disappear with the press of a button. Oh, my God. I was going to make a gun joke there. I was going to make a clit (laughs) joke. (laughs) All right. They're going to love this. It's fine. It's great. Uh, These watches make the perfect purchase for just about anyone in your life, guy or girl. Well, that's not inclusive. And remember, (laughs) they start at only $95. You have heard me talk about movement, and I'm sure you got yourself a watch by now. So now let's finish your holiday shopping and get a movement watch for someone on your list. You didn't. You're a loser. Uh, The holiday shopping season is here. And with movement, you can skip the crowds, which that is a plus, uh, and standing in crazy lines and find a gift they'll love at prices that beat department stores. Movement watches start at just $95. At a department store, you're looking at $400 to $500 bucks for a watch that doesn't suck. Movement figured out that by selling uh, watches online, they were able to cut out the middleman and retail markup, providing the best possible price. In all honesty, I mean, you're going to be probably be buying 
a lot of gifts in the $100 range for people that you love, uh, but don't know anything about. So may I suggest a watch? Yeah. Right? That's something we all have. Unless you're like, it's like a cuckoo relative who thinks time is just a a constraint. Which like, they're not like wrong. But like, yeah. (laughs) I mean, you get, you can get them a watch. Uh, It doesn't matter. Uh, Classic design, quality construction, and styled minimalism at such great prices. Movement watches make wonderful holiday gifts. Over 1 million watches have sold in over 160 countries. Damn. Did you know there are that many? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to movement.com. They spell it MVMT.com slash GWF. This watch has a, a clean design and it makes a great fashion statement. Now it's time to step up your watch game. Go to MVMT.com slash GWF. Oops. And, <laughs> and join the movement. You know what it is. If I see one more fucking tweet asking us what our goddamn uh, discount code is, how about you press GWF. rewind? It's, but it's literally always GWF. Always GWF. <laughs> I honestly want to make them more complicated. That's not going to help. They're, the companies aren't going to want that. The companies sponsors. won't like it, but you but know I what? Will. It, will be, it will be so satisfactory to us because it's like the listening kids. If we want to make a point kids. about the millennials, if we want to, if we want to do, <laughs> if we want to do better, we're, you know, we're, we're all busy yelling at old white man. You know what? An old white man has never once tweeted me and asked me what the fucking uh, discount code was. So that's, I am going to say that. That's actually a very accurate point. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Stacy. Maybe they know what the rewind button is. <laughs> you know? Hey, stop looking at your fucking phone for the time. You look at your phone for everything. What am I going to eat? Who's going to pick me up to take me to my friend's house? Oh, who liked my thing on social media? Maybe for the time, you look at your own body. <laughs> the movement watching your own body. That's like an eight minute now, whatever. I don't care. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Alfred had his birthday party. Yes, my little baby, Sir Alfred Hitchcock. Had his first birthday party. Uh, as usual, I maybe took it a little too far. Nah, uh, not far enough. Yeah, it was far enough, but it was good. It was, um, uh, yeah, I've, I, I uh, footed quite a bill, and uh, but it was really? great. Yeah, but it was great. Uh, I let Alfred pick the theme through his actions. Obviously, he didn't tell me. <laughs> He, you know, because like me, I shit on one of these printouts and that's the one I'm not going to go with. I would have done something like very avant garde. But Alfred just loves this show, The Hunt on Nat Geo. <laughs> he loves this show. It's his favorite show. He, he like if you follow me on social media, you know, Alfred, this is a dog who truly watches TV. I've never seen an animal concentrate uh, and pay attention. He really does. And be still. And I, engaged. He was sleeping on the couch when I babysat him and I put on this. There's a show on fucking Netflix that looks like puppies and kittens. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? And then I put it on and he immediately perked up and watched the whole thing. I'm like, what you thinking? Yeah. You fuck one of them. What's going on? What's going on in that little head of yours? <laughs> yeah, he won't stop looking at them. Um, So we did it. We did a wild animal jungle theme. Uh, shout out to Puppy Parties NYC. If you're mentally ill like me and you want to throw your dog a party, great place. Um, <laughs> and you know what? I never would have got to meet all my friends' dogs had it not been for Alfred, Sir Alfred Hitchcock's birthday party. That's a great. Yeah, because I see all these dogs that our friends have on social media. And to meet them in real life, honestly, was like meeting celebrities. Yeah, because you hear about them and you see pictures of them you all the see time. Them. They're so cute. You just want to cuddle the shit out of them. You want to pet you them. Can't. But then when your crazy friend throws a very expensive dog party, it kind of guilts everyone into you know spending the money on that cab to take mm-hmm. their dog out of the house. There was yeah. big dogs, small dogs, medium dogs. It was great. Uh, they we played dog musical chairs. 
There was a hand-painted dog cake by Dog Cakes for Dogs. I mean, whoa. None of these people are uh, made me like or asking me to say this, but I just like truly had such a gr- wonderful experience. It was, uh, I can't, how was a, a party with like, how many dogs were there? There was like eight dogs eight, there yeah. and everything ran. And a baby. <laughs> so smoothly. Yeah. No shits on the floor. Yeah. They all shit outside. More smoothly than any human party I've ever been to since ch- from childhood to adulthood. No one, n- no fights, no crying, True. no injuries. And the dogs are so honest with each other because they don't like you. They just don't fucking talk to you. Right. They'll sniff your ass and they'll get a get a picture of who you are as a person or a dog. And then they'll be like, yeah, I'm good. It was wonderful. And then uh, and CBS uh, did come because they heard. Uh, <laughs> I was like, you would have press at your dog. Party I didn't ask so for it. Funny. The puppy party place was like, That's uh, what I figured. they said, well, CBS has been working on a story on us. And they said, your party seems um, a little over the top. <laughs> would, you, would you mind if CBS came? And I said, and then I said, can I plug that I'm a comedian? And they said, yes. And then I said, you're on. Yeah. They plugged, I think they plugged the the guys we fucked to CBS because the girl ultimately, oh, really? like she was a young woman and she didn't realize at the time who we were. But then when she went back to write the story, she's like, oh, I've heard of you guys before. Oh, cool. So there's a link in my Instagram if you guys want to watch it. I will leave it up because it's the segment is is uh, adorable. There was yeah. a, ball, a ball crawl. I mean, come on. I've never seen. I just like let Alfred power eat uh, three pieces of cake because he ate his own. Aww. And then I guess some dogs aren't as into food. I don't get that. <laughs> Losers. And then he just raced to the next plate and then the next plate. And then I was like, when do I when am I a bad parent? But he was fine. He didn't throw up or anything. He just was, was he tired? very full and very tired. And then James was like, he's so heavy right now. Oh, because he's so much cake he's in his so belly. so full of cake. Aww. Yeah, it's fine. You can have one cr- crazy food day. Just my mom's like, yeah, you, just like a human can have one crazy food day. A dog can have one crazy food day and be totally fine. Yeah. So it was great. I'm glad everyone had a great time. Oh, it was very, it was just everything I, I ever dreamed of. Corinne and I went <clears> to, uh, Last yesterday, we're recording this a couple of days before it's getting released uh, to Glamour's Women of the Year. We were invited uh, to their first ever summit. And it was <laughs> it was a summit. And then it was a Women of the Year Awards, which I've heard mm-hmm. of. I know it's been 27 Very years famous. going. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, you can walk the red carpet. And I was like, shut up. Really? OK. Uh, but the seminar was from eight to four. The red carpet was somewhere like five thirty. Mm-hmm. And so we had to have a makeup <laughs> come over our home separately at 6 a.m. Right. I was very worried because I didn't think I was going to get up because remember that time I missed the flight? Yeah, but I mean, the makeup artist would be buzzing your buzzer. Yeah, and Steven was here, so he'd be like, fucking get up, uh, right. which was like, so it's safety net. And I was just worried I was going to be cranky and mean because I don't talk in the mornings. I just yeah, like, you are a little up. scary in the morning. Scary? A little, I, I do, I just be extra careful around <laughs> you in the morning. <laughs> and I, well, I was nervous, but then, so my alarm clock on my phone, it randomly picked a song from my iTunes library and for oh, whatever reason right. it picked some nights by fun and so for the past week <clears> i <throat> i could have easily changed it but i forgot every time i set my alarm and then every fucking morning i would be waking up to some nights and i'm like ah! oh god ah! yeah that's a and terrifying horrible way to wake up so the night before this you know i had to get up that early i put beyonce's formation on and i was like i hope this is loud enough to wake me up <laughs> and boy oh boy got up on the first alarm i set four didn't need them. Only needed one. There you Power go. Power Beyonce, motherfuckers. That's awesome. Ugh. Yeah. The, I mean, the the summit, uh, which was the like the talks in the day, were very good. We heard from a lot of 
women we didn't hear about. But then, I mean, then there were some things that were just like I worried uh, they would be like, like phrases like, I've just like never fed into a box. I I started taking <laughs> when notes. When it said like that, I'm like, okay, all right. I'm just, I just, like the lifetime of people. I don't like it. I started, I started just taking notes on crazy things that were happening. I left my last job to be a dancer and I left this job and maybe I'll like leave the stage right now. <laughs> I don't love the word failure. And then I said, like, that's a failure who is failing at dealing with their failure. But I (laughs) oh, that's like a matrixy thing to say, Corinne. You can't define me. There was a lot of you can't define me. There was a lot of applause breaks and fresh and fierce were used a lot. Yeah. And the women can do it notion. And well, there was many times Corinne came a little later and I'm glad she did because the beginning there was I forget what it was. And there was a lot of amazing uh, speakers that I want to get to because I took notes on. I took notes on the great stuff. <laughs> I, um, I, just took a note, I just made fun of people in my notes. And then when Crane got here, uh, the the editor in chief of Glamour magazine came to the stage. It was about like an hour into the eight hour summit. And she's like, OK, guys, we're going to uh, we're going to welcome the first man onto our stage. And then it's silence in the theater. And you just hear Corinne go, oh, great. <laughs> It was. No one thought it was funny except me. But you know when you get the giggles and you're real, it's like the last thing you should be doing right now right. is laughing. Right. I almost had an aneurysm. <laughs> I was la- I was trying so hard to contain. Right. And then it was fucking Joe Biden. This is true. And his wife. Yeah. Uh, and that was really cool because some chick asked him about Anita Hill and I was like, yes, bitch, ask him about Anita Hill. Right. And I mean, th- yeah, then at that point when Joe uh, Biden came out, I did rescind my ugh. But then he just kept talking, even though there was two other women on the stage that I was more interested in hearing from. And then now I put back into effect my ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. He didn't say anything wrong, but it's also like, you know, when you're like just having a nice women's day and, and then, then a man ruins it. some guy <laughs> comes in to try and tell you like how to be the best woman you can be. And you're like, how Feels would wrong. you know you're literally not a woman? It's like uh, it's like if a a a uh, you, you, a flutist, they went to fucking a flautist, flautist, mm-hmm. Ugh, a pianist, oh, shit, a violin player. A penis is correct. Penis, yeah, it just, sounds, you don't, too much it like just penis. sounds too much like a man. Yeah. Um. Uh. Not even that. I just it makes me giggle. Uh, oh. a, a, a piano player will say, "Went to Juilliard, played the piano." It's like him telling you how to hit a baseball. Uh huh. It's like just don't. Yeah. Just play your piano. It's like this is not your area of expertise. Yeah, and you know the guy who's like too into anti-rape culture, right? And you're like. All right, we you already said that like five times. Yeah, the only reason I didn't, I, I, I just like I always give Joe Biden a couple extra, throw a couple extra things at him, like as far as like chances or whatever. Yeah, well, because he ha- he had a bad life. Oh, so I, his I didn't realize his first wife and child died in a car accident. I knew that, and then and then I you know was reminded of it, and then I to have your nut your child then later in life oh. die of cancer. I mean, they're very that's too much. The, the fact that he was as cheery and and concerned he you know what i liked about what he what his what he said was that he said rape he said women are getting raped women are in the workplace and they're getting sexually harassed and no woman should have that's that's not the expectation we want to set we want to change the culture he did say a lot of stuff i'm like oh it's so nice to hear somebody actually say the word rape sure and say the word grab grab you and then he went to say 
that he was saw Strom Thurmond take a picture with a woman and he patted and then his wife like shut him up. Right. And I was like, what was no, what was he going to say? Right. But I Googled it and it's I mean, apparently he's he's a piece of shit and uh, it's on the Internet. I mean, right. you know, there's it, it's not like a secret yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I think maybe He's he was just he was just going off onto like a tangent. Maybe I don't think it. I don't think his wife was like saying like don't say that. I think it was more like he just kept talking. <laughs> he really did keep talking. Yeah, but uh, there's a lot He's of a politician. I whatever you know. Yeah, it was really really cool though to be in the same room with the most brilliant minds. Uh, Diane von Furstenberg was interviewed by Very Claire impressive, Wade. yes. What a... Oh, this was like the day of sexy older women. Mm-hmm. Like 60s and 70s. Sexy, stylish, feeling it. Uh, Diane von Furstenberg is... Oh my God. I want to be her. That and, and Sheila Nevins, mm-hmm. who's the head of documentaries at HBO. I never... I didn't know who she was. The name was a little familiar. She... Did she say how old she was? I think she's like 70. Okay. So she... One, very sexy lady, Mm -hmm. just in the way, obviously the way, the way she presents herself, but also just the way she talks. And she said the first thing of the day that I was like, thank you. And it changed the tone of the summit for me because it was a lot of girl power. We can do it. You're a princess. Uh, She's like, just because you're a woman doesn't mean you're good at shit. Mm -hmm. I'm like, thank you, Sheila. And she really. Well, I think she's all, you know, because she's been around. she, She said, you know, when I was young, feminism was cool and then it wasn't cool and then yeah. it was cool again. Or maybe that was the other lady, Diane von Furstenberg. I can't remember. <laughs> Either Some way. Some old lady said that and it was great. It was amazing. But I mean, I think the important thing was like, how rarely we get to hear from older wise women that aren't in our families. Yeah. Just because, you know, uh, the TV and movies decided that we don't want to hear from old people. So we kind of don't. Mm-hmm. In, in a lot of ways. And I and I was so happy because those were two of the best talks by far of the day. Yeah. And everyone everyone had great accomplishments uh, at the summit, but the people who had really true wise, wise words were the older women. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. There was Laverne Cox was there. Tracy Ellis Ross. Oh my God, she's fucking... Chelsea Clinton. Mm-hmm. Oh, so cool to see her. Ta- she She's a great speaker. And she really, she's a great listener. I've never witnessed somebody, I've never saw somebody speak on stage and had my first impression was that person is a great listener. Like, it's hard to tell. Well, I would imagine, yeah, when Bill and Hillary are your parents, a lot of listening going uh, on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, The Bush sis daughters yeah jenna and barbara the bush they twins. were funny as fuck they're well i mean jenna uh, uh, is professionally pursuing stand-up comedy but they're fantastic and it's kind of nice because it's just like yeah you know their father is a republican um but it's it's nice it was nice to have them be humanized yeah and that what one of them had talked about uh a time when they were younger that Vladimir Putin was at the dinner table with them at their, I don't know if it was their grandparents. Yeah, that was Barbara, yeah. Barbara, and she she described uh, a story that he told about his mother and the, the... the hell she went through at, with the with the Holocaust and all this shit. And she told this story that I was like, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And then it made me go, I'm actually kind of surprised that Vladdy Putin isn't more of a dick. Right. Uh, it, you know, when you hear stories about people's lives, I think it really helps you to understand their behavior and why they are the way they are. Yeah. It was really, really interesting because I never heard of that story. Uh, fucking Maxine Waters was there. We were like two tables over from her. Um, Solange. I didn't get to see her because we had to we had to go. I had a show, but she was in the same room as me. And I'll never forget that. 
um, yeah. And Ashley Graham hosted it. There was a moment where I know most of the time professional models are mostly thin people, like really, really thin, sometimes so thin that I'm like, Duh. Um, but that's body shaming. Uh, and Ashley Graham, who's a plus size model, who's hu- famous, so famous. And is successful. she huge? She's huge. She's huge in her <laughs> popularity. Okay. I didn't mean she's fat, uh, but she so hot. Yeah. One of the hottest humans. Mm-hmm. We've, we've seen her in person many times. Mm-hmm. One of the we hottest were on the subway with her, yeah. people. And it's so, I'm sure she gets a lot of shit from people on the internet, obviously, and in the industry, because I, I imagine plus size models deal with so much more shit than non-plus size models. Yeah, First like, of all, it's fucking- Like clothes not fitting? Hey. <laughs> on fire. Oh, I'm sorry. That was Gigi Haddad's outfit, Ashley. No, but, it, you know, she was talking about that and she's really funny and she's a really good speaker, but there was a moment where, I, and everyone has their own struggle, but Ashley Graham was jiggling her arm fat and she's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Be proud. I'm like, you're also like the hottest person yeah. I've ever seen. Well, that's my issue with plus size. That's my uh, great. Because I don't think no someone is less attractive because of their body weight. If your face well, I mean, is it fine. Depends how I mean, if you're going. 600 pounds, yes. we can't go out on a date. You can't leave your house. Right. But, you know, to me, beauty is more confidence. But also, like, if you got a hot ass fucking face like that. she And she has a hot, hot. She has a hot ass body. That, that's a well, that's my problem. Body. That's why I was complaining all day about plus size models because there were several pl- plus size models who weren't even, you know, they're not even that big uh, at these uh, these events. And then, I mean, I think the real uh, war is on ugly women, and some women are ugly, and that's okay. I think you would be correct on that. I was thinking about that because uh, when you first said it, I was like, Ugh. Yeah, you're not wrong. But some women are ugly. But because uh, the problem it is gives not. A shit. I think the issue is like we all so often talk about like, oh, everyone's beautiful. No, everyone's not aesthetically beautiful. But 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 the problem here is that doesn't matter. That beauty, yes. that physical beauty does not define your worth. Some of my favorite people are unattractive, but it doesn't matter. They have like way better qualities to bring to the table. Like if I had like I, I talk about this in the book, if I had a chance to be prettier or smarter or funnier pretty prettier would be last yeah. i would first rather be funnier well no actually i'm pretty funny i would rather be smarter so smarter would help a lot i want to be more smart i would be rather be smarter and then funnier and then pretty is last it just doesn't i used to think matter. that being pretty was one of the most was one a, a top priority when i was a when i was a youth mm-hmm. up until my late teens for sure i'm mm-hmm. like i just want to be high then people like me like girls like me like boys like me like everyone will like me um you know, and that's, it's so condescending to say like, everyone's beautiful. Cause one, it's not true. Mm-hmm. And two, it's assuming that you give a shit about it's that. It's putting too much value Don't on it. tell me what I care about. Now so many people are saying it that I accidentally <clears throat> care about it and you tricked me. Yeah. Bitch. Yeah. There. I mean, but more than being beautiful, you want to be healthy. You want to be intelligent. You want to be capable. Skilled. You want to be dependable. You want to be kind. A good friend. I mean, loyal. I mean, there's just a, a, so th- rare. There's a thousand things that I that I would list that I would uh, kinds of people that I would rather have in my life than pretty people. And I'm not saying like, yeah, sure. I care about pretty and sure. It's nice. It's nice to be around attractive people. It's nice to feel attractive. It's nice to be attractive. I'm not saying these things are nice or that I am above them. I am not. Yeah, we all love a hot person. Of course. I mean, we love looking at the hot person. Yes, yes, we do. And I, I love looking at hot people. And you know, and I'm not even saying that we should start hiring ugly people uh, to be models because it's like, no, because a model is a model for a reason. Being a model is that you are aesthetically beautiful. 
And that, and, but that's it. Yeah. it should, that should be the only requirement yeah. should be your face is hot. Whatever the fuck body you are, I just, I, I really hate the skinny, skinny, well, skinny, skinny, skinny chicks. In my opinion, chicks. Ashley Graham was just hotter than anyone there. And like, yeah. then you go on getting images and you look at her uh, runway photos, I mean, her uh, red carpet photos, and she is also like just hot. And yeah, she does have armpit. And like, yeah, I'm sure if you watch like a porn with Ashley Graham in it, you would see a lot of jiggling. But like, good, that's in natural. My, she's just so much hotter. You have skin. And that's not anything against skinny people either. You guys look fucking flawless in any photo. So, I mean, it's just like, it's just like, there's a great, there's great things to everything. You know, sometimes, some days I love being a little bit bigger and some days I'm like, I wish I was really, really skinny. It's just, you know, I used to always want twig legs, but then I was like, that's just not my legs. Oh, no. I think twig legs are so cute. See, I never knobby knees. Yeah. I just bony knees. Yeah. I mean, I got over it. Yeah. I got, I could crush. You can just a lot make of things in between work. my thighs. Make whatever's work. Uh, All right. Hey, remember when we were like, Louis <clears throat> C.K.'s jerking off in front of people unwillingly. Right. We were right. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's really weird. Were you, I was surprised that that story came out. I was, yeah, I'm, I was. Oh, I, I wasn't. I mean, I don't know. It's I I such interesting timing, but it makes sense because all these people are like everyone is getting out of the sexual predator. And it's great that all these people are using this opportunity as a as to come forward and and call people out. And uh, I think that's it's kind of like I'm almost like a a sitting back like Dr. Evil, but not in an evil way of like, thank God the people who have done these disgusting things are now getting the only punishment that they're ever going to get, which is arguably worse than legal punishment because the chances of them getting the legal punishment that they deserve is very low for sexual assault. So shaming is what's basically the only punishment. Social justice, I guess you could say. Sure. I I don't know what you want to call it. And sometimes it feels weird and gross, but other times it's like, thank God. I think we just have to be careful, though, with the public shaming, because I mean, and we're going to talk about this later based on an email that we received. Um, But I I was taking some notes on my thoughts on this. And again, just I mean, I can't I can't tell you enough. And it's not just because I'm obsessed with him, but how relevant John Ronson's book uh, is in these times. So you've been publicly shamed. I'm going to I know I talk about it almost every podcast. He's your Jesus. Beyonce's mine. It's it's just how important that book was. And especially as um. A young person who or relatively young person who is, you know, a lot of my my job is me promoting myself on social media and being a social media presence. And, you know, every time I send out any even like the kind of like mildly edgy tweets like cats are cool. Yeah, I do close my phone and go, well, let's see if that's the tweet that ends my career. And that's a weird place to be. It's it's a suffocating place. I don't think it's great. And um, and the yeah. reason it's not is because it, you don't want to second guess your your art. Yeah, our art is jokes. Our art is making fun of things, if whether they be dark or commonplace or silly or anything. That is that is how we. That's the lens with which we look at life through. Right. And I'm not trying to say that uh, in any way that Louis C.K. masturbating is art. That's not. No, that's not art. That's sexual. That's not what we're getting to at all. That ain't art. But I think it's it's kind of a dangerous society to live in when we're taking these social uh, like when we're taking justice into our own hands in a way because we are um, 
shaming people and making people pay. Uh, and, and there are repercussions for whatever we feel is bad at the time. And so, you know, kind of like societal standards of things that are okay do change. And I'm not saying that sexual assault will ever be okay, but also like, just think about time. There's some like housing Jews used to be considered a bad uh, thing to do. It was sexual illegal. assault used to be commonplace. Yeah. Lo- you know, uh, uh, oh, I mean, it is still is a white person loving a black person, oh. used, you know? So th- there's things that throughout time that have been considered co- like bad or, or that you should be shamed for that certainly are not shameful, quite the opposite. So I just think it's like, we really need to like kind of keep ourselves I- in check. And, you know, I know you're like, oh, but Corinne, those, you know, some, this behavior is clearly bad. And like, Yes, yeah. it is clearly bad, but also pump the brakes. And there are there are levels here. Okay, Louis C.K. not even not even close to Weinstein or Cosby. Not even close. I'm sorry. Yeah. Asking it, someone to masturbate in front of them is way different. It is also not okay. But they're you know if you punch someone in the face and give them a black eye, or if you murder them, both bad, but way different. Very true. Uh, but the thing I I don't know. <clears throat> I know a lot of the people. So in this New York Times article, uh, it, it highlighted five women. Um, the comedy duo, which I thought it was different. I, than we I thought. thought it was someone else. It's uh, actually an unknown comedy duo. Yeah, yeah. I, wah, I never, wah. But 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 I feel like maybe one of the reasons that is is because because they did speak out. They did <clears throat> tell someone. They told their manager. I forget who. Yeah. And then fucking David Becky, who's uh, Louis' manager, was the one who like came to them and was like, "Hey, can you not do that about my right. client?" And so. It's not so often people do try to get justice like the quote unquote, you know, legitimate way, meaning go tell somebody, tell the police, tell your man, tell the person in charge of the project that the guy's doing this to. And one thing, though, that I do not think is ever okay, it's a different level than Harvey. But if I'm working with you, if you're women in the workplace, it feels like every time we start a new job, it's like, ugh, who am I going to have to fend off now. It mm-hmm. really is in the back of my mind. It's not a thing that stresses me out and makes me lose sleep by any means, but it is casually always in the back of our mind because you shouldn't be putting your coworkers in uncomfortable positions, whether it's it, you are in charge of them, they are in charge of anything. You just don't fucking do that. Work is work is a professional environment. Right. But the only thing is, though, I mean, so many people fall in love <clears throat> on and set. And that's great when it's mutual. Right. But it's hard because, like, it's then, like, at some point, someone has to make the first move because I yeah, know. Yeah, but it can is, I jerk off in front of No, 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 no that's Bad separate. Move. That's not, that's separate. But we, I do know instances of, like, you know, people kind of feeling, uh, and, you know, however you feel is how you feel, but feeling like, they were, you know, harassed or assaulted from a coworker asking them out just because they didn't feel the same way. And like, and you could say no, asking you out. Yeah, I think we have to. I mean, you know, whatever. If I your think teacher you asks you out, that not okay. Well, if your no, teacher yeah. asks you out. That's an example. <laughs> I feel an like age difference. People yeah. know in their in their heart of hearts, they know when something is like, oh, this is not okay. Sure. When they're be in in uh with regards to being asked out, but. If you ask, yeah, I agree. It's not, mm. you say no, and then you don't fucking talk about it again. But I know multiple women who then feel uncomfortable because so- someone that they were not interested in asked them out. And I think that's that feeling bad is, maybe? I think that's unfair of us as women. I've certainly felt uncomfortable. I think in that you have to realize every, people have the right to ask you out. I mean, I, I the, the, I know we're supposed to, you know, not di- dip your pen in the company ink, but like we're, 
when you're really we're busy, human. when you're a really busy person, also like where the fuck else are you going to meet people besides work? Like I consistently meet people at work and, um, you know, there is that big difference of like, you know, like, oh, if people who are catcalling us were hot, would we mind less? So I think there is that is something to be talked about. And so like just because if someone asks you out and you do not like them, you that you can't you can't feel threatened by that as long as once you say no, they leave, respect that. they respect your no and they leave it alone. Dude, I uh, I have <clears throat> asked men out at work. I'm a huge and I can't stress this enough. Women uh, in straight relationships or by Ask men out. Women should be asking. Uh, ask men out. I've asked I, men out. I think I've asked men out my whole fucking life. And honestly, it usually goes it, well. I, well, not for me. But I hate that the oh. expectation is <laughs> the expectation is I'm going to wait for the man to come to me. And oh. the man proposes and the man. Fuck that shit. Right. I think that we should know whoever's interested first when it's when it's appropriate. Ask the person out who gives a shit if you're the woman. Yeah. Didn't Pink propose to her husband? If not, she definitely had talked about like if he didn't do it soon, she was going to. I wanted to propose to Steven so bad. And I asked, what do you, what would you think if I did that? And he's like, no, I'm like, but don't be confined in the box society. Has right. You but you Steven. guys already there's already a, an, a, a power dynamic there. So it's like, no, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of layers in right. addition to. So but, I think if like, you know, maybe if he was, you know, if there was if, if it was different circumstances and but same people, I think yeah. it, I think it could work. Yeah. I asked guys out the one job, the first job, day job that I had out of college, I asked a guy out and then he literally had to come over my apartment and say, Christina, I don't want to be your boyfriend. I never wanted to be your boyfriend. And I was right. like, OK, thanks for being honest. I mean, it's fine. See you. Right. Well, you uh, are but very I, persistent. I so. am. And I'm going to I I want to I if there's any possibility and I'm interested. Yeah, I'm going to make you tell me mm-hmm. no, because the second you do respect moving on. Right. There's nothing wrong with no feeling rejected. It's not fun. No shit. It's not fun. Like, no one's like, I love it. Unless, you know, you the, I it's a kink. But, you know, that's something different. I don't hate it, though, because for me, if some when someone says that they don't want to go out at out with me, I kind of immediately don't like them anymore because I think they have bad taste. I guess you have bad taste. Yeah, I think they have bad taste, truly. But this is interesting. I've been reading, somebody had tweeted us and they emailed us too with an article The Cut has done about why why men force young women who don't want to watch a masturbate to watch a masturbate. Right. And a lot of men hate themselves. A lot of people hate themselves, but yeah, A lot of people, but I, I really noticed specifically from men, like they hate their dicks. Well, men act hate, out sexually, I not think. Not all, of course, mm-hmm. but... <clears throat> I've just, I didn't know that this was as common as it is, but like sometimes dudes just think they're a huge piece of shit. And I'm like, no. And that's why maybe they act like a piece of shit because they're internalizing it. But basically the psychologist said on uh, about with regards to men forcing people to watch the masturbate, which is mm-hmm. a form of sexual assault. If you didn't know it is um, that they hate themselves and they want to get an emotion that they feel in their head out onto the other person, out onto that woman and by belittling her and by making mm-hmm. her feel the way that he feels about himself. I'm like, that's not good. Right. How do we fix that? I mean, this is... A Men should take a spa day. Culture, a culture change. Uh, Men are never encouraged to share their feelings. And they're never encouraged to like... Women are always like, we work, work too hard. Like, you know, take a break when you need it. Take a day. Take a think and, and relax. And I mean, then too and much so, I think. Too much so. But I'm like, let's give some of that to the men. Because yeah. they, it's hu- it's a human need, not yeah. a woman need. 
uh, to to take time for yourself and to do things that are nice for yourself. Well, I think what that is, you know, I think that was just someone kind of like in a backwards way, kind of pointing out that women uh, work uh, harder than men. Really hard because they have to sometimes. Without rewards. Yeah, well, it's like people of color have to, a lot of times have to work way harder for the same amount of credit if not less than the white person. Well, and also traditionally, a lot of the work that women are doing, I think there's no like monetary reward. So you're a mom, you're keeping the house clean, you're cooking dinner. There's no monetary award. There's no, uh, you know, raise you're going to get. There's no promotion you're going to get. So I think a lot of times people were like, take a spa day because that's the only kind of reward that you can have. True. That's the, that's mm-hmm. that's the only reason why I think that's more encouraged. But I mean, for men, like, yeah, like, you know, uh, spending a Sunday watching sports or something. I mean, that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Just please don't make me do it with you. Oh my God. Don't, don't buy me a jersey. Oh, don't Lord. ask me if I want to be in your fantasy oh, league. Oh my God. So do you want to read the, um, cause we have, we're, so today for today's podcast, we've the been. The guest is, uh, there are two, uh, women comedians. who are very funny. And like really cool and, and great. Like, they can make babies and, like, in their bellies. One's a brunette, one's a blonde. They wrote and, like, a they book. Tits and uh, they, they're like Krim Fisher and Christina Hutchins. Woo, so. it's us. Okay. It's us. Uh, we promise we, you it's not because anyone canceled. We actually planned to do an episode of Just Us. You know, it's time in time for Thanksgiving. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> we want to thank you by taking up the entire podcast with your letters. No, but uh, I was just telling Corinne last week, like, oh, man, I've not I've been neglecting the inbox. Sorry about last night show at gmail.com. I haven't by the way. been. I've been flagging it. And uh, and then I'm re- I'm reading through it the past couple of days. I'm like, we have so many great emails, and I feel like we have have to skip them when we do the intros because there's been so many rapes lately. So Just, rape is now raping our inbox. Yeah. So maybe stop complaining and also stop raping. That's I know that we've I'm had to talk to about right sexual people. assault and rape so much that we haven't had time to read from your, our list uh, letters from our listeners, and that's fucking the God's honest truth. Um, so, uh, I have an email about the Louis thing that this guy sent that we is have really several, interesting. So, so do you want to read up. the statement, uh, yes. his apologies? So if, if you don't know, uh, what we're talking about, uh, the New York times have published a piece, uh, uh you know, t- naming a couple of the women that have been sexually assaulted by Louis CK. Uh, and, uh, so one person wanted to be anonymous and then one person he had apologized to and he said, sorry for shoving you in the bathroom. And the woman was like, that wasn't me. You just nice. like jerked off in front of me. And I'm like, oh shit, who you shove in the bathroom? Wow. But no, I don't know. But uh but so anyway. It was five women. Yes. Right? And he uh he did uh make a statement the next day or something. Yeah, right away, because he knew oh. he did it. So that uh uh and this is the statement. Uh I want to address the stories told to the New York Times by five women named Abby, Rebecca, Dana. Uh, Julia, who felt able to name themselves and one who did not. These stories are true. At the time, I said to myself that what I did was okay because I never showed a woman my dick without asking first, which is also true. But what I learned later in life too late is that when you have power over another person, asking them to look at your dick isn't a question. It's a predicament for them. The power I had over these women is that they admired me. And I wielded that power irresponsibly. I have been remorseful of my actions and I've tried to learn from them. 
and run from them. Now I'm aware of the extent of the impact of my actions. I learned yesterday the extent to which I left these women who admired me feeling badly about themselves and cautious around other men who would never have put them in that position. I also took advantage of the fact that I was widely admired in my and their community, which disabled them from sharing their story and brought hardship to them when they tried because people who look up to me didn't want to hear it. I didn't think that I was doing any of that because my position allowed me not to think about it. There is nothing about this that I forgive myself for, and I have to reconcile it with who I am, which is nothing compared to the task I left them with. I wish I had reacted to their admiration of me by being a good example to them as a man and given them some guidance as a comedian, including because I admired their work. The hardest regret to live with is that what you've done to hurt someone else is what you've done to hurt someone else. And I can hardly wrap my head around the scope of hurt I brought on them. I'd be remiss to exclude the hurt that I've brought on people who I work with and have worked with whose professional and personal lives, it did bother me, he he used the wrong whose, um, professional and personal lives have been impacted by all of this, including projects currently in production, the cast and crew of Better Things, Baskets, The Cops, One Mississippi and I love you daddy. I deeply regret that this has brought negative attention to my manager, Dave Becky, who only tried to mediate a situation that I caused. I've brought anguish and hardship to the people at FX who have given me so much. Uh, The orchard who took a chance on my movie and every other entity that has bet on me through the years. I've brought pain to my family, my friends, my children, and their mother. I have spent my long and lucky career talking and saying anything I want. I will now step back and take a long time to listen. Thank you for reading. I mean, I mean, hey, fucking if he said he didn't do it, I would have been like, oh, I would I would have I would have smashed a vase. Well, the first thing, (laughs) you know, I think in this day and age, no one's going to be fucking happy with anything. And I, not that we're going to pat him on the back. It's like, you shouldn't have been doing this to begin with. However, you're not a hero for not assaulting. He did it. He cannot undo it. He has, he has not done things like this in a, in a long time. So I think when he says that later on in his career, he realized that this was fucked up. I think maybe he's, maybe he's, you know, serious. Also, you know, as your daughters get older, you probably think to yourself, oh my fucking God, like. What if somebody did that to them? As you're going to know I did it. Exactly. And I think that really is something that you, you can't experience that kind of love or feelings for someone, especially someone of the opposite sex until you are raising someone like that. And I do believe that, I mean, for the, God's sakes, even the love I love dogs before and the love I feel for a fucking dog at this point is just like I really can't explain it. So I get that. Um, And I think it's great that he started off with like, hey, this is true, because listen, I think he obviously has some kind of a problem. And in any 12 step program, the first uh, step is admitting that you have a problem. Yes. Okay. And a lot I there was one actress that had criticized him for not saying he was sorry. He said he felt remorseful, but I'm like, even if he said that, how do you know he meant? You know what I mean? Like, I, well, he's a comedian. Having, saying I'm sorry is hack. I think remorseful is stronger. Right. Well, that's one of the reasons why comedians are my favorite people in the world. And Louis C.K. is an example. He is a really talented comedian. And it's okay to still think that. He's also done some very shitty things. Uh, and it's okay to have both. Uh, to think both. Well, and because they're don't, both facts. Yes. And so for me personally, my personal threshold of 
personal life overlapping with art is Bill Cosby is someone that I'm not, I can't watch the Cosby show. I can't because I, I can't not think of all the, all the women he raped and that's me. But if you can, that's you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't care. That's, I don't give a shit, mm-hmm. but that is your thing. My personal thing with Bill Cosby, I don't want to, I don't want to take in any of the things that he does. I don't want to see his face. Cause I die. I just think of rape. Uh, and I mean, and drugging people that that's oof, so, that's yeah. so much more over the top. Yeah. Uh, and so again, not that this was any, this isn't good that what Louie did, but I've known it for years mm-hmm. and I've seen him. I've, I've still watched a special, you know, right. um, but this is an interesting email we got from a guy. Um, he said, there is a line of the story in the New York times story that says, hoping that outrage will b- would build against Louis C.K. and also to shame him, they began telling others about the incident the next day, them being the two girls. The incident involved Louis, uh, Louis inviting Dana Goodman and Julie Walov to his hotel room asking if they could take out, asking uh, if he could take out his penis and then masturbate. As, and they were paralyzed, screaming and laughing in shock. They stayed until he ejaculated and left. Admittedly, a huge fan of Louis, it's hard to stomach this story, and I find myself wanting desperately to defend him because of the relative tameness of his acts compared to Harvey Weinstein or Bill Cosby. But I realize he took advantage of his position and put all those women in a terribly uncomfortable situation. But as a dude, I can't understand why Goodman and Wallov would sit through the entire act of Louis masturbating and then choose to walk out. They say they were paralyzed, but being paralyzed doesn't often involve screaming with laughter. Louis clearly is a disturbed individual and needs help, but that doesn't excuse him from any repercussions that come from sexually harassing his coworkers, which he did too many times. Nevertheless, as the anti-slut shaming dual voice of our generation, thank you. Oh, that's, uh, is that us? The, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, I think. I'm curious what the both of you think uh, of Goodman and Wallov's motivation to reveal Louis, the Louis behavior. Wanting to expose him for using a position of power to get away with sexual harassment is one thing, but wanting to shame him for a weird sexual perversion is another. It's not. I don't uh, necessarily feel that the, la- uh, the latter was the women's motivation, but I do feel that Louis is a troubled person with a perversion. You both have such an open and progressive view on sex, and I'm dying to hear your take on it. Is Louis sexual predator or just a sad, perverse dude? Would love to hear from you. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, perverse. I mean, maybe the dictionary definition of perverse is uh, different than what I have in my head, but I mean, I wouldn't call what he did perverted. I would call what he did <laughs> sexual harassment, sexual uh, assault. And 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 the the freezing uh, and not running out of the room thing, mm-hmm. part of it, when they were screaming and laughing. I'm the kind of person, I know everyone's different, but sometimes when something really bad happens, I do this thing where I freeze and I laugh. Mm-hmm. And I don't nervous know laughter, why. Yeah. And I don't, it's, it's common. Yeah, it, it's nervousness for sure. Yeah. And shock. And and if if somebody of that stature in a career that I was also in did that to me, I would be like, wait, what? I would leave to go to my hotel room that night going, wait, what? A month later, I'd probably be like, wait, what? I I totally understand that reaction that those girls had. I also, I understand anybody's reaction because that is their reaction. They're not lying. That is how their brain and body and mind reacted to what was happening. And I think it makes a lot of sense because you don't want to know, you don't want to believe that it's happening. You don't want to put this guy in the fucking file in your head of people who are pieces of shit you don't want to do that so you're i think it's a mix of fighting that being in shock and and that's it 
I also think there's something very interesting about uh, how fucked up Louis has to be to continue to masturbate in front of two girls who are screaming and laughing. Um, I think that speaks volumes about, I mean, and it's also, you know, like we, the Louis you see on stage, I mean, this kind of like guy confident in his not confidence Mm -hmm. is, that's not what comedians are like. I mean, I, I think it's like, as comedians, like we can, comedians are, are a fucked up, fucked up people. We, Christina and I are by far some of the most normal comedians. It's true. I, uh, I, we know. And we, we, we talk about that a lot. I mean, I've been, a lot of my good friends are comedians. And when I say, I'm still got fucked up shit about me. Right. And I, when I say like every year, uh, they, they become like, I am more and more, just shocked at things that have happened or thoughts that they have. I'm not, that's not me over dramatizing it. Like I'm consistently shocked by my comedian friends and things they've been through and things they think and their kind of outlook on life. Yeah. And, uh, with me for Louie, the reason why I really admire him is uh, admired him. I don't admire him anymore because he's a little tainted in my head now, but he's still a great comedian. One of the things that he did that I thought was so different was he let everyone in on every dark, pathetic, sad corner of his mind. And that's mm-hmm. what I thought was so brilliant about him. And to me, is maybe kind of fucked up, but it's because I'm a comic. I'm like, fuck you. So you would go to all these other places and you wouldn't go there with us? Go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a part of me that, <laughs> that was really, I always thought comedians are the... The, the only people that can really talk about the difficult shit, which is why we love having comedian guests come on who have been through something really traumatic because they're going to talk about it in a way that they could usually laugh at it. And if a person listening had the same thing happen and they can't laugh about it, a lot of times it helps them just to hear somebody not be damaged. You know, their whole life isn't affected by this. And so that's what I love about comedians. And, and, and I, for the longest time when I started hearing those allegations years ago, I was like, just fucking get on talk about it it doesn't right. make it better but come on but i think he was trying to let us know because in this new piece that's that's, that's now halted he did there was a character in it who was masturbating in public so i think he i think he he realized he needed to say it but i think the reason he didn't was because perhaps this was the thing that he me- felt most ashamed about and just because you know someone is pretty open uh, in telling us things does not mean that they don't feel shame. Yeah. And again, as John John Ronson pointed out, like, you know, shame is the root of why people act out violently. And this, I think, certainly was an act of sexual violence. Um, And then just to go back to the word perverse, he did use it accurately. Okay. um, In your, because it's showing a deliberate and uh, obstinate desire to behave in a way that is unreasonable or unacceptable, often in spite of the consequences. So uh, millennials are really ruining words. And I put myself in that group. Well, because people um, use words like perverse and brave. Uh, they use words that are too strong for Hy- the hyperbolic thi- so yeah. th- for the things that they are describing. Um, so, yeah, because I'm just like, what is because I'm like, what is per just plain pervert? Yeah, because I'm like, I'm such a perv, but like, I don't do that. I fucking control myself. Right. Um, let's do you want to read some. uh some emails. Yeah. And just like per- don't have anything to do with pervert, them. the noun is just a person whose sexual behavior is regarded as abnormal and unacceptable. So pervert oh, and perverse yeah. are aligned. I guess I'm not a perv then. Uh, 
Yeah, no, I think, yeah, we, I mean, I think as a society, we kind of use pervert incorrectly when we, we, we say pervert when we mean someone who just has a kink a lot of times yeah. and that's confusing. Yeah. Cause that's not accurate. Right. And I think that's, that's, it's interesting that you pointed that out because that's also, we, that also makes it hard for us to say, is this person just a pervert or are they uh, are they a person with a kink? So we got to confuse. Right. And like some people thought Louis was a person with a kink. No, Louis's a pervert. Yes. Yeah. But being a per and being a pervert is bad. Whereas yeah. having a kink is not. Having a kink is the kink community is very consent is the number one thing that is sacred in the kink community. Uh, and if you I, I also if you live in a place that has a Beyblade or a, tr- uh, a pleasure chest, if you live in a big city, they have really awesome workshops on everything from like. How do I stick a dick in my ass like and not bleed forever and uh, and then kink and consent and uh, take a class if you're if you're near one. Well, the uh, only it's thing free and I recommend it. Uh, the only thing is, well, do, you want me, do you want to stay on on topic for this? Oh, that one. Yes. OK, because that's um, an uncomfortable question that we were asked that I'm, I want to answer. Right. I mean, because the only other email I had in my hand was kind of someone basically saying that we had, you know, we got a lot of tweets saying that we had talked about this Louis stuff bef- long before The New York Times. Uh, thank you. We had and uh, us and Gawker had dropped this news a long time yeah, Gawker, ago. Yeah. Um, and this girl is just saying that she had written to, uh, or she had the opportunity at, to ask the director of communications at Planned Parenthood, Alencia Johnson, what we should do about kind of all this sexual assault that's happening. Uh, we we all know there are many more people using power for their own sexual gain. And she said to use social media to bring light to these attacks, start a campaign, have influence influencers, write open letters and name people to gain traction and put pressure on companies to hold them accountable and put better systems in place. Listen, I think we're already doing this for the most part. And I have to disagree with this recommendation, even though this is an amazing person, the director of communications for Planned Parenthood. I have to disagree with this. I think, yes, we, you know, start a campaign is great, even though, you know, anytime someone starts a new nonprofit, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of egotistical. There's a fucking thousand nonprofits that out need there your money. that need your money that are already up and working, that are doing the thing that you want to do. So just like hop on board with that, hop on board with, you know, rain.org. Uh, and there, there, there is a company out there or a nonprofit that's already doing probably the thing that you want. So to start your little thing, just to get gain attack attention, that's your own issue. Um, but uh, it really is. I mean, it's no, even, yeah. every fucking celebrity does it. And it's like, you know, because I was thinking yeah. like, I would love to start a thing for sex trafficking. No. You know what I should do? Just help give, the one that's already there. Give money and Kutcher my fucking money because I'm not because uh, the reason if the reason you you truly want to do something is to help not to highlight yourself as a philanthropist. Yeah. And he's good. It's good that he starts. Oh, he's, he's super fucking famous yes. and really rich. And he's the perfect person to draw. Attention and he to. cares and he's doing a great job. Like you really you really can tell he cares. Um, and so people are already get, getting fired. I just think it's dangerous to start and when it's the, the, the sentence that really bothered me was to name people to gain traction and put pressure on companies. That was really alarming to me. And if we just start naming names, like that's how, because it's like, think about the shit in your past. Is your past a hundred percent squeaky clean? What's going to be the next thing? The, yeah. The only, I, I do think if you are a victim of that person sexually assaulting you, I think name, Obviously, we this is the Louis thing is an example of somebody naming names after not sure. naming names in public, and uh, and that's good. I think if you're the victim, you do. I mean, that what you do is what you do. I, I I'm not gonna tell them, but I know personally, sure. you and I know very famous people that have committed sexual assault that no, 
it's again, there's a million Louis C.K.'s. There's so right. many famous comedians right now that everybody listening will know who they are mm-hmm. that have I've heard horrible stories about from multiple people. Like it's and, and I'm not going to sit here and go this person and this person because right. what the fuck is that? I, I don't know what that's going to do. I just it's a problem. Can you believe me? It's a problem. It, yeah, no. And it is. I think I mean, but rather than starting some Internet campaign or naming names, I mean, I think it's, you know, starting educating young people on the proper way to interact with the, tra- the, the, the sex that they are att- attracted to. I think that's the issue. Social media and my I'm very nervous about social media. I think it's really gotten out of hand and I don't know that that's the best way to approach it. And, and especially because because now we're having conversations where we really are lumping Louis C.K. right in with uh, Harvey Weinstein. And it's not it's not it's just very di- they are very different. There is there are di- layers there. Um, so this next one, uh, the subject line is just Andy Dick. So I opened it. Uh, Hi, ladies. I'm a longtime fucker. I found the podcast about 10 months in and have listened to every episode. I've shared your podcast with friends and family members for years now because I think you're funny and thoughtful and most and maybe most importantly, you have an amazing ability to honestly discuss important issues. The rest of society is too uncomfortable to talk about. I said that word weird. Uh, So first, before anything else, I want to say thanks for making my and many others' lives better. Thanks. Uh, Christina's willingness to openly discuss the allegations against Louis C.K. before the New York Times article is a perfect example of that openness and honesty. And while I think your platform is well-suited uh, situated to discuss allegations of sexual assault and harassment. Corinne's long reading of the full allegations against Harvey Weinstein was particularly powerful. I don't believe you are obligated to discuss every single allegation that surfaces. Yeah, of course, we would be here all day. Uh, I am, however, disappointed that you have thus far decided to not comment about one person in particular, Andy Dick. You two have lauded Andy Dick in the past across multiple episodes. And as far as I can tell, he is the only former guest of yours to be publicly accused of sexual assault. And that is true because there are others that have privately been. Everyone's disgusting. Uh, These accusations are both fresh and old, uh, have led to his termination from roles within the past few weeks. A hundred percent. My fear is that the explanation for why you haven't addressed this is the obvious. He's your friend. I mean, we ain't that close. I wish Uh, I am not writing this to be a key. I have his phone number. That's like text with him once. Right. (laughs) I am not writing this to be accusatory. I simply wanted to bring it up because you two have become leaders, at least for me and for others. We'll be careful about that. And I'm worried. We're pretty good. Yeah. But I mean, that's just also human. This is also the thing. It's like, you know, we are comedians at the end of the day, so we can't really be your personal life gurus and guides. No, but you I look in the mirror. <laughs> that your personal relationship is triumphing over your honesty and openness. I recognize that this is a hard situation, but you two have shown time and time again an ability to be a voice in difficult spots. It's easier to call people out from afar when they are not your people, 100%. However, if we pick and choose who we talk about based on who we are friends with, we're simply trading old predators for new. We've heard a lot about uh, open secrets lately in Hollywood, my neighborhood, among my friends, Andy Dick has been ours for years. Yeah, every, I mean, there's literally a movie out that says everyone has an Andy Dick story that premiered at Just for Last Comedy Festival, who apparently loves to keep sexual predators safe. Don't invite me back, whatever. Uh, he has sexually assaulted... That, that's just Corinne, not Christina. Uh, I saw you looking at me. I don't give a fuck. Mm. Uh, he has... not. No, not you personally. Oh. I don't give a fuck about oh. Canada. Oh. <laughs> and, <laughs> inviting me back like for the JFL, whatever. Uh, he has sexually assaulted multiple friends of mine. 
when we've seen him out, uh, which has happened probably 15 to 20 times over the last six years. Yeah, he needs work. Uh, we've made sure to go the other way, hoping he did not see us. Nearly everyone I know has an Andy Dick story. Not all are bad. Some are great and funny, but plenty are unequivocally sexually assault. His substance abuse problem does not excuse him any more than Harvey Weinstein's I'm from a different era line excuses him. Those are different. We'll talk about that in a second. I tried to do something about this when a friend of mine told me that Andy Dick had grabbed his penis in a bathroom a couple of years ago, causing my friends to go home and cry. I wanted this open secret to come out into the light. So I did uh, the only thing I could think to do. I emailed you guys. I don't know if you ever read it. Uh, you didn't respond, ever read it. Oh, I guess she sent us another email. I didn't oh, see it. I did. Yeah. I mean, when the know. allegations had come out, that was it was on Halloween. And I remember I had food right. poisoning. I, I just don't read the news every fucking day. Yeah. Because, you know, I want to save my soul. You know that thing? Um, and I said, I hope, but I hope you read this and I hope you consider using your platform to confront a difficult truth about your inner circle. Again, he's not. I mean, you guys are really circle. thinking we're more famous than we are. Uh, Andy's victims deserve vindication, too. OK, so. Uh, we wanted to discuss this. And believe me. So first off, I want to say we 100% have thought about it. In fact, we've thought about this so deeply. There's too many people that can talk about. But that you guys heard us talking for the Guys We Fucked Experience show in New York during the New York Comedy Festival, which happened. We sold it out. It was amazing. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. However, we, we if you listen to previous episodes, we talked up special guests, special surprise guests. The guest we had in mind was Andy Dick because he was going to be in the New York Comedy Festival. And we did not have him on the show because of everything that happened. Yeah. So to say that we did not think about it, we 100% did. And that's 100% the reason why he was not on our show uh, at the Tribeca Performing Arts Festival, even though he was in town for the New York Comedy Festival. Yeah. When we got that email, I was like, oh, yeah, we haven't talked about that. I'm cool to read it. That's a good question. I'm glad I'm I'm glad she she said that to us. It's not that I have it. I, we didn't go, should we talk about it on the podcast? Nah. The first time I asked myself that was when I said that, e- read that email and I was like, oh yeah, let's print this out and read it. Right. And I mean, uh, uh, the, the reason we haven't addressed it is number one, you know, if you look at his Wikipedia, again, there's like, it's just a lot of him grabbing bar- body parts. Again, this is not okay. You cannot just go up to people and grab their body parts. But it didn't seem, number one, like an attack on a, a particular sex or type of person. I mean, he was not a predator on women. He's a predator to himself and to people in general when he is under the influence of alcohol. And I know you say that it's not an excuse. It's not. You're right. However, you know, if we're treating alcoholism as the disease that I think it is, it's something that's hereditary. It's something that you really, you know, you know, it's not cancer, but it's also, you know, something that's hereditary. That's not that's not nothing. That's not, you know, if alcohol, Rosebud Baker last week talking about how her whole family has a, a long problem with alcoholism. That's that's something that's a little bit more than just having like a drinking problem. That's a substance taking over your life. And so, you know, just the same way as someone who has has a mental handicap has a different process if they are accused of something in court. I think the actions that you that you uh, the, the actions that you have when you are an alcoholic or a drug addict that does come into play. It does. You're dealing with a, a huge problem. And I've never heard any story where Andy Dick acted in this way when he was not under the influence. And I mean, I that think this is... Some, hasn't, though. Uh, it wouldn't have it surprised the he, shit out of me if he did. Sure. He's Do like, something sober that was shitty? He's a... Yeah. He's never done anything shitty to us? Well, it wouldn't surprise me if he did something... Uh, 
malicious, uh, not under the influence of alcohol. That yeah. would that would surprise me. He's definitely a you know a very hypersexual person. Oh yeah, but he also is one of the kindest people that I've ever met. I mean, for me, not the I would say the kindest. I think he's. he's aw- I mean, he's sweet for sure. I I've. I felt for me, I got. I've kind. heard him say something. <laughs> yeah, but he's a comedian. Like, kind, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for me, it was very kind and gentle. Gentle, and even the fact that he gave two relative nobodies yeah. time when he was going through rehabilitation, which is the reason we even know him in the first place. And again, we are not friends. Like, I don't know what Andy Duke is doing right now. I haven't talked to him in months. Uh, I would say we're friendly acquaintances. Yeah. I mean, like, we have his number. We call him up. We've been to a couple parties together. But I mean, like, this is not a deep friendship. It's not like if he did something really bad, I don't think either of us would have a problem being like, fuck this guy. Like, yeah, it I mean, would not affect our lives in any way. Yeah. So he can't do anything for us. Like, if anything, we can help Andy Dick <laughs> at this point. You're like, he can't help us, you yeah. know? Um, um, so, yeah. So we just wanted to uh, uh, address that. And yeah. Hey, let's talk about some different types of problems for just a second. Okay? I guess. I'm amped up about I'm that. I'm going to try. I'm going to read these emails. I'm going to try to summarize uh, my advice a la the seven minutes in therapy uh, section of our oh, Guys Who Fucked Experience perfect. show. Um, this is <laughs> the subject of this email is I was on Sugar Daddy website and found my father. He's been married 35 years. And I was like, oh, hey, fuckers. Love this show. I need your advice. You ladies have the best way to analyze situations. And I know and I want to know what you think. Let's start from the beginning. I'm a 27-year-old woman, very open and considering polygamy. So sexuality, kinks, and crazy topics of the sort intrigue me more than scare me. I get my parents have sex, and they've ha- they had me and my brother, so ha-ha, and I get after 35 years, there have been a lack of. My dad has always been my idol, my hero, a real gentleman. So I placed him on a pedestal for most of my life until middle school when I found out his secret. He chats with women online. I found explicit conversations and hid the fact that I knew for years. My dad is not the most attractive man, and I get some men and and women enjoy chatting online. Feels sexy. It's exciting, especially after uh, being married for so long. I believe in balance and how some people need secrets. We all have secrets. I try not to think about it, and it helps. I no longer live with my parents, so I don't see my dad waking up late at night going to his office and spending all night talking to other people. My mom has no idea. She believes he li- his lies and is even proud when he leaves town and does workshops. She loves when he follows his passion, yet doesn't know what might be going on when he leaves town for days at a time. The other day, my friend who never met my dad was showing me her profile on a sugar baby website. I was a sugar baby for almost a year for a rich Italian guy. I told my parents, I'm not ashamed of it. I really, really cared, even loved this person. He was 45 and taught me so much and uh, and made me a better person. He made me uh, assert myself more, stand up for my rights overall. It was an amazing experience. We ended up dating for a while. And after he ended our relationship, we kept in touch. So back to my friend's profile, I was helping her find an ideal match. That's when I saw my dad. A blurred picture of one I already saw of him, so I knew right away. I read the profile, and it was all his info. Height, job, income, married, two kids, etc. His profile was simple. He was looking for someone discreet and and to understand the situation. So this is 
for far more than cheating because chatting, you can be anything and anyone. I was even thinking he was catfishing people all my life. Now I see shit got real. I know in my heart, it's my dad and I feel hopeless, uh, helpless. I'm normally so strong and direct in this situation. I feel like shit. I can't tell my mom it would kill her. And he is so good to her in all other aspects. Now, here is where it gets complicated. My dad health wise is not doing good. He's going through so much. I don't want to add stress or cause a bomb to blow up and cause problems. I ended up calling my brother and talking about this. I told him I had to talk about my dad and swear not to tell mom. I told him I saw our dad on a dating website. He also knew after seeing him up up late at night and not clearing his browser history. We finally admitted to each other that we knew and I was no longer alone with this secret. As much as it sucks to talk about it with my brother, I felt a huge weight lift off my shoulders. I was no longer alone. I want to know your thoughts. Am I being a child not confronting my dad, or is this something I should keep secret with my brother? I know if my mom finds out it will kill her. And especially since we know, and she doesn't, I don't want my parents to separate. They are so cute together. This crappy situation has affected my relationship with men and even caused a breakup since I went crazy and got mad anxiety after I found a boyfriend doing the same thing. This makes me question if this is why I want an open relationship because I believe monogamy is dead, not just because of my dad, but because other guys in my life hitting on me and asking me out when they're in monogamous relationships. My dad has issue. Uh, my dad's issues are just the cherry on top. Am I searching for openness just because I want to avoid being in my mom's situation and not know what my partner does in secret? What do you ladies think? Thanks for all you do. Ah, so you saw your dad's sugar baby website profile. Well, obviously. Happy Saturday. The idea runs in the family. I mean, like, you, like I mean, it's it seems very clear to me that the dad got the idea from the daughter doing it. Not not to put, oh, I didn't get that. Not I to place blame yeah. on you in any way. You didn't do anything no. wrong, but like you certainly, you know, <laughs> gave him a good idea. Yeah, I don't think he was sitting around going, "Oh yeah, kink.com or right. Fat Life or whatever, right. or Sugar Baby." Yeah. Um, I think the only concern that I have here is, uh, and that I probably would want to clear with my dad is making sure that he's being safe and not, you know, putting your mother in a risky situation and not, I, I mean, I hate to, but they're not, the, the parents are not having, it doesn't seem anymore. like they are. There's not, there's not a chance in I hell. I don't think, I think <laughs> not a chance they have a hell. caring relationship. Yeah, they're friends. And I, they're friends who love each other. Yeah. 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 And he th- gets his rocks off with other people. Yep. And I, and I really, I get that. It's not my dad. So of course I can mm-hmm. say this. I, I'm not, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, literally, I'm okay with if it it was my dad, I would be I mean, I think there has many reasons. I I think and I think as you God, as you get older, I think you will realize that uh, just because your parents are still married does not mean they're necessarily still in love. And it could just mean they're on like like there there is such a thing as a good partnership. My father, uh, I think I've talked about this before, uh, loved porn. I don't know Mm -hmm. if he still does. You have a feeling that he mentioned it. Yeah, a feeling that he does still. And when I was a kid and I found out, I don't, I, no one's ever talked to me about porn. I saw porn way too early because of him, but I was like, I knew he's doing something bad. And then I really truly, I mean, I was a child, so I was being illogical about this, but I was like, my mom's downstairs crying. It's because her bipolar meds weren't working. Uh, and my dad's up here jerking off. It's because he couldn't have a meaningful connection with his wife right now because she was going a little mentally insane sure. and she needed space. Yeah. That's perfectly healthy. Yeah. That's healthy. And so- so obviously this is taking it to the next level. You are correct. But I tr- I really, your dad is getting emotional satisfaction with your mother in that they are, are 
longtime friends. They were madly in love with each other, I'm sure, at one point. Maybe they weren't. I don't know. Not everybody is. And they love each other and they respect each other. I think, I don't think that's... Right. And the, the, non, the health issues, the dad with the health issue, I, I wouldn't... Yeah. Well, I think I, I just think let also, him be. The writer is He's coming. The writer is coming at this situation the way a 27-year-old would come to would would react if this happened in her relationship because yeah. you know at 27 you are and you should be looking for romance like deep romantic love and passion and that connection. I think when you are older, some those needs a lot of times change. And yes, there will still be some older people who definitely do need that kind of regular sex in, in their life. But I can already tell like for me personally, Personally, I can always tell like as an old person, like I am not going to need to like be fucking around. Be, I'm not going to be like, you know, fucking around the old folks home. I'm just going to want you a nice, know, a nice person who, to talk to and to laugh with. And like that is already like more of a priority to me. Now, uh, yeah. Then just like having sex. And like, that's not to say that I'm not, I still I'm sexual and I want to have sex and, you know, I still masturbate from time to time. Not, not really ever my thing, but, uh, uh, you know, and so I just think, yeah. And, and I wouldn't even talk to your dad about it. Cause like, that's so weird. That's yeah. That's his business. That's his business. The same way now, as I know what the, the streams have crossed. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. Don't 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 project onto your dad. Yeah, that that and that's his life. He's a grown ass person, and and it's their relationship. Your mom, if it would if it would ruin your mom, like don't don't. It's just yeah. I mean, and, and I'm sorry. It's that good you, that you have you could talk to about it right. with your brother. At least your brother knows, and it's kind of like this just weird fun. It's weird, man. It's weird. Fun, but ish. Fun. I think it'll be funny. Weird. I think it'll be funny. Probably maybe not until after they're dead, but maybe. You know, yeah, probably not. That'll be a joke to look forward to in the sadness of your parents' death. Yeah. All right, next email. And <laughs> you're we, up, Corinne. We nailed it. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh, which which am I even doing? Um, uh, my ex uh, co-parent has the zombie girlfriend from hell. Let's yes. do this one. Hey, bitches! I relate so much to you girls, and I just had a uh, share part of my story. So I have a very good relationship uh, with my daughter's dad. His family loves me. Uh, I go to his mom's house once a week and help her around the house. We spend holidays together. They are more of a family than my own. I spend a lot of time with my daughter and her dad together. And people think that is the most odd thing ever. No, it's not. It's called being a good parent. Uh, but I think it is important to spend time as a family. Now, I have no desire to get back with her dad, but my feelings towards his girlfriend just make me seem like I'm jealous, which I'm totally not. Uh, it's good to put totally when you're when you're really not. It really helps. Uh, I thought to send you this because because uh, we just went trick-or-treating together and every year I make my own costume. I, uh, I go through 15 different shops. I go to craft shows to put together the perfect costume. You're a good person. Uh, and the last, <laughs> You're a good person. Uh, and the last four years, I have put together all the costumes for me, my daughter, and her dad. Wow. Uh, people just do not understand all the work that goes into these costumes and I literally cannot stand watching grown women in plastic, tacky-looking store-bought costumes. Girl, I hear you so hard. Uh, this year, we were dressed up as Red Riding Hood Grandma and the Wolf and we looked great. The girlfriend was in the cheapest looking witch's hat I have ever seen. Oh my God, I'm cunt. I am resonating with this so hard. <laughs> uh, I had a witch's hat that was one million times better literally on the floor of my car. Is this Corinne's email? Did I, you write this email? I wrote in the podcast, you guys. You child? <laughs> uh, I almost asked her if she wanted to wear it. She also has a daughter and she was a fox with very good makeup her mom did. Now I say to the girlfriend, hey, did you do that makeup 
it looks really good. Yeah, I did the makeup. She did not once say anything about our costumes. All right, well, now, uh, all right. now you're getting middle schooly. Uh, and this is within everything normally when you see someone, you say, hi, how are you? Or hi, cute shoes or something. This girl literally was born without a personality. Oh, and it okay. just bugs the shit out of me. I feel I am very a creative soul and I hate uh, people enough as it is. I just can't get over this. Her dad Whoa. is also a very creative... Uh, Oh, wait, her uh, oh, her dad is also a very creative soul and I just don't get it. We went to an amusement park over the summer. The whole family... Uh, oh, this is... Sorry, uh, you're creative, but maybe not in writing. Um, over the whole summer... the <laughs> whole okay, me, me either. The whole family, dad, me, girlfriend, and the two girls. It was a three-hour drive to get there and a three-hour drive back in. And this makes me sound crazy, but I sat in the back the entire time and played with the kids and the girlfriend did not once offer to sit in the back. Yeah, who would? Yeah, That's the worst right. seat, girl. This girl isn't a zombie monster from hell so far, guys. Uh, it's just these little things that she does that make me resent her. She is just so boring and has no style and it does not know oh how God. to talk or be considerate. I just have very few people to talk about this and just needed to vent. I hope I didn't sound cr- too crazy. Love you. Grandpa, but... Okay. So number one, we don't have to rush. We don't, we're fine. This is me. This email is me. It and is this you. Is, but this is young me. And um, yeah. I have grown up older and I, and, and I gotta say as much as I wish it were illegal to be boring and have a bad Halloween costume. It is not. It ain't, dude. Um, and uh, some people are just boring. And for people like you to blow people away with their amazing creativity, <laughs> we have to have boring people. Because, bitch, Wait. if everyone was interesting, you would be boring, too. Oh. If everyone's boring, then everyone's interesting. You, oh, you know, we're in the Matrix. It's That's the so same true. It's the same thing. Okay, so just it's just as we need to have, quote, unquote, ugly people for people to be pretty you, you know, the, the, you, you need if everyone, if everyone the was same, a 10, then yes, we're all a zero. Exactly, girl. So, I mean, you should just think instead of instead of getting mad and huffing and puffing about this girl, you should be so thankful that women like this exist. Yeah, she is lifting a you nice, up boring in lady. the most beautiful way. Yeah, she's highlighting your amazing. No work for you and no work for her. So who gives a shit? Let her be. She's not a monster. Let her be boring. And then and also, uh, you know, your boyfriend probably is really creative. But you know what? The worst combo is is two really creative people. <laughs> it's, it's ex- okay? It's exhausting. That's called a murder. That's what uh. that is. Okay? You cannot have... there In most relationships, there is one person... If both people have snobby taste, that is not good. Yeah, and there has to be some one person who's in the spotlight. Okay? There's... Mm-hmm. Every relationship, there's a star and then there's a supporting actor. Okay? And you just have to decide what do you need to be in your relationship. Yeah, what co- what will compliment you the best? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And... and yeah, don't unless she didn't do nothing. You said that she did yeah. is to I wouldn't because I, I was waiting for her to say something like, oh, I wouldn't want my daughter yeah. to be with this person. But she she's who gives a shit? Yeah. And she's a good mom. She did good makeup for her just because I mean, yeah, she did good makeup for her Fox. She child. did good, mom, you know, and and she's not <laughs> the parent. You know, she should always treat your, your your child with respect, but she's not their parent. They're not even like married. They're just, you know, she yeah. should be nice, but she doesn't need, she doesn't need to be go overboard. Yeah. With the parenting. And it's, but it's just but cool. The, it's just cool. That you can all hang out without fighting. You don't, you know, you don't need this bitch to compliment I you. I feel like she's somebody, and, and I know you're hard on yourself. You're the hardest person on yourself. So yeah. maybe she's hard on herself and she's projecting on this lady. Yeah, maybe. I mean, well, more so that I am, you know, physically repulsed when I see a bad Halloween costume. <laughs> you are, you are. But, you that's know, true. That's, that's not, true. that's something we got to get past. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, this email, is my husband masturbating to the sound of our roommate fucking his girlfriend? Need advice. <laughs> okay. Hey, guys. I started listening to uh, to you guys for about three months or so, and I can't stop relating, laughing, enjoying the podcast and the themes you guys talk about. Uh, I can say I'm getting addicted. Congrats for the work. Thank you. So I got married a little less than a month ago, and, and currently in my house are living three people, me, my husband, and our roommate. Our roommate recently got a girlfriend, and my husband and I always hear them fucking it's pretty annoying and it gets me thinking if he can also hear us but that's a subject for another email so our office is right by is right by our roommate's bedroom my husband and i haven't had sex in a while less than a week i'll fuck you uh, because i'm pmsing and i feel horrible when that time of the month comes totally hear you so it's natural for him to masturbate more i hate to see him doing that looking at random girls online but i always let go because there's nothing to feel insecure about mm-hmm. sometimes i accidentally see him doing that and i awkwardly step back where i came from no biggie i don't know what that means but tonight my roommate and his girlfriend were loud fucking as, as usual. And after telling my husband sex wasn't happening tonight, he went to the office. So after a while, I thought, no, he isn't. And he was. He said uh, he was masturbating to his porn while the whole house could listen to our roommate and his girlfriend having sex. He said he wasn't masturbating to the sound of it, but to his porn. But I just can't believe him. I really think he was aroused by the sound of our 300-pound roommate and his girlfriend fucking. Oh, well, girl, that is not a ad, that's not a fact that it was related to this story. <laughs> he got the idea of him being able to uh, Oh wait. Oh, he got offended. Obviously, I know how crazy it sounds, and I'm sleeping in the guest room because I'm disgusted of the idea of him being able to do that kind of thing. Am I crazy? Did I go too far accusing him of that? Is that even a thing? I'm confused. Thanks for helping me. I hope you guys keep up with the amazing podcast. So your husband was jerking off to your 300 pound roommate who's apparently amazing in bed. Okay. I think what's happening here is you're projecting because you're hearing whenever and I do this. That's why I'm comfortable to to assert that whenever uh, I'm in a lull with sex with my boyfriend, I do feel secretly like kind of bad and like kind of like I'm being like a bad girlfriend, even though that is not true because the relationship is so much more than sex, even though sex is a very important part of it. So sometimes I'll see my friends will be like, yeah, I'm gonna go like fuck my boyfriend. I'm like, yeah, me too. Whatever. And I'm not going to go home and fuck my boyfriend. We're going to go. We're going to fall asleep because mm-hmm. I'm have shit to do. And he wants to go to bed early for whatever reason it is. And sometimes I feel like I need to be competitive with my friends who are very sad. like, but it does. But then I remember, oh, yeah, I have my life and my life's not their life. So who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. So I think you are projecting uh, because to me. If you're jerking off to the sounds of loud fucking, a lot of guys, like for Steven, he loves watching porn because he likes the sounds mm-hmm. that the girl makes. Okay. I personally, I've had roommates uh, have sex loudly and it grosses me out. It also grosses me and out. And that's, but that's how yeah. I feel about it. Yeah. But if I got turned on, I'm not going to say I wouldn't. I don't think there's anything wrong with this. Flick a clit on the couch a little yeah. bit. No, I don't think there's anything I wouldn't wrong with tell him. I wouldn't be creepy about it. I wouldn't, you know be bare ass on the couch with my pussy hanging out because that's rude. It's a shared space. But uh, I don't think that's wrong. I mean, and I, I think I, I, I think 
let him be. So he's listening to two people he doesn't know in porn have sex versus your room. Who gives a shit? I don't think there's anything wrong with this. And then also, I mean, like instances like, have you ever been at like a hotel like that had like a like that had a courtyard where you can see across to another room in the hotel? Oh, I always look. Yeah, and you can sometimes see- I masturbate with the windows open and be like, if anyone sees me, whatever, huh? It's hot, right? I mean, I don't like to. I don't like. I like to like. I like to like look and see if I see other people. And then I'm like, wow, am I? a sexual predator, you know, no. there's just so many things making me ask. But the thing is, it's like, that's my commentary on like the changing in society. It's <laughs> yeah. like, I think, you know, I think that very easily someday soon could be considered being a sexual predator. And like, is it less uh, sexual predatory because I am a young woman? I think absolutely in society. Like if you saw, uh, you know, like a young, cute girl looking at you as opposed to like an old man, like, wouldn't you feel more comfortable with the young woman? I mean, I think a lot of people would. Dude, I've had hot girl, hot girls hit on me. Like girls that I'm like, hello. And I'm like, I'm the shit. Sure. I'm the man. Yeah, my dick's huge. Even though I don't have a dick. <laughs> it feels good. It feels good when a hot, a hot guy. Oh, God. That's not exactly what I was getting Oh, okay. At, sorry. But I'm I'm glad that hot ladies hit on me. <laughs> oh, like only like twice, but it was, I'll never forget it. And I did write about it in my diary. Dear diary, uh, I guess I'm cute after all. A hot all. lesbian hitting on you does feel good. It does. It does feel good. Um, but I just... I, I did it when when she did the when she brought up the three hundred pound thing. I'm like, first of all, fuck you. That doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That and that made me go ding ding ding. Doesn't matter. Am I reading another? Yeah, yeah. It's whatever. Fuck it. Um. Okay. This was this is picking response. This is in response to the uh, the picking email that we read last week. That we got a lot of emails about that. So I'm very glad that I wrote it. Uh. This one says, "Hi, ladies. I was just listening to this week's episode and heard the letter that you read about a woman who is having trouble with picking. I am so glad you chose to read this letter because I think a lot of people struggle with this dermatillomania or it's kind of sister disorder trichotillomania, which is the hair pulling. Uh. Very fam- famously, or only in my life." Uh, Kathy Griffin's one of her assistants on my life and on a D list had this. It's basically you just you just kind of obsessively pull out your eyebrow and your uh, your eyelash hairs, uh, but don't really under uh, and then back to the letter, but don't really understand it and so don't speak about it or get help for it. My mom has always struggled with the hair pulling and unfortunately I have always done the picking. Oh, and I also know this guy who dates a girl who actually picks her her head hair out and is you know almost balding because of this disorder. Oh. They are usually anxiety related, like you mentioned on the show. My whole life, I thought I had bad skin or acne, but really I was just neurotically picking at nothing and making my skin bad myself. I went to a dermatologist for years and tried so many different types of medicine or skin regimens to get my acne under control and never could. It wasn't until my therapist noticed me picking during a particularly difficult session one day and asked me about it that I realized it was an anxiety disorder. We have since uh, since brainstormed a ton of different ways to get me to stop picking, such as wearing gloves all the time and in public. Uh, I got really into makeup so that I wouldn't want to touch my face uh, because if I touch my face, I would mess the makeup up. But then I just started picking at my arms and shoulders instead. We tried many different ways of creating a barrier between my skin and my nails so that I would notice if I was picking or trying to and stop before it got bad. I also tried replacement behaviors like snapping or rubber band and whatnot. The only thing that I have noticed has really worked is getting my nails done. I get ANC, which makes the nail itself thicker and makes it much more difficult to get under the skin to the blemish to tear up your skin. I know that can be expensive and 
believe me, I am a social worker, so I am broke, but it's truly the only thing that has really cut down on my picking and my skin is a thousand times better for it. So I make a point to budget for that each month. And so far it has really helped me hope this helps. Um, I just love this email. I think it's great to kind of trade uh, tips and tricks that we have to get over these things, especially you know, anxiety and OCD related disorders that maybe don't have like a concrete kind of a cure, uh, the way, you know, cancer has chemo or something like that. You know, it's just like, or life has weed. Right. Just kidding. There's just like, other, there's just <laughs> other, uh, things that you can do. Yeah. And I think you, the, the key point that you kind of, that you touched on in this letter is that you need to, you need to notice the behavior as soon as it's happening. And that's the key because you're kind of like almost in a trance when you're doing these anxiety behaviors. And so the key is in whatever way you know how to get yourself out of that trance. I do want to read one last email. Okay. Um, because, yeah, yeah. or if you, uh, no, you know, just you this one, email. I really, we, if you like this, if you like the episode, we have so many, oh God, I have so many emails in my hand that I can't read that. One of them is about my boyfriend's parents. He thought they were dead, but they're not. And I know a secret. I'm like, ah, uh, we'll get to them eventually. Keep sending them. This email is just, it's sweet. And it's a sweet reminder of, you know, youth. Sexual pressure on my life is the subject line. Hey, it's from a guy. Hey, I'm a 14-year-old guy. Maybe too young. I have no fucking idea. I've been listening to you guys for a year and have really appreciated your talks and honesty. You guys are fucking awesome. Keep it up. When I grow up, I want to be as cool as you guys. Uh -oh. You've told me a, uh, a lot about stuff my parents don't talk about. So to get to the point, I have a handful of guy friends who are all two to eight years older than me and a shit ton of uh, friends who are girls and don't have a girlfriend and haven't asked a girl out. And my mom and dad won't let me date until I'm 18. Because I hang out with an older crowd, I'm mentally more mature and aware of everything around me and am physically more mature. I have some facial hair and more muscular and more socially active than other guys my age. Uh, I've been called a gentleman by lots of people and I've been dubbed the cool kid. And I tend to be the alpha male because guys six years older will do as I say and follow my lead. I'm not trying to jerk myself off, but I'm just trying to give you an idea of who I am. <laughs> uh, when people, I love him. When people find out my age, they expect me to be shitty to girls and the fucking asshole. And they treat m me like a child or they expect me to be all over girls and try to have sex all the time. I prefer being around girls, but the age I'm at, hanging around girls and not being el macho is considered weird. I have been watching porn for over a year and I'm trying to get off it, but I am really struggling and I can see it affecting my everyday life. I have not had sex yet. Everyone around me is sex. Everything around me is sex driven and the adults I know treat sex like it's a sin worse than murder. It's not. I feel all the sexual pressure and just the pressure of growing up on myself by all this. And it's killing me. I'm so fucking confused. I don't know what to do. Do you have any advice at all? Oh, thanks. Uh, I love you. Thanks first of for all, listening. you are uh, you are you got a good head on your shoulders. And also it sucks that when people find out your age, if they uh, expect you to be an asshole, when I think of 14 year old boys, I have talked to 14 year old boys before I've met people's sons. And I, I think there are a lot of a lot of. It's like any group of people. Some of them are going to be really sweet and great. And some of them are going to be pieces of shit because everyone is capable of being a piece of shit. So, yeah, I just think of zits. <laughs> 
I think of braces. Yeah, I'm just, I just like, if you say Fortuna, I just think of a guy that's a little awkward with a lot of zits on his face. I don't think of an asshole. No, I don't think of an asshole either. But uh, first of all, the, I, I thought it was interesting that uh, it's not, you said it's not cool to not act el macho mm-hmm. around women. You are your own person and you can act. If you don't feel like acting macho, it sounds like that's not who you are. Mm-hmm. And you're expected to act one way. And I think when you're 14, a lot of life, when you don't have to pay bills, a lot of your priorities are about what other people think of you. And that's just the way it is when you're that young. And just know that as a 14 year old boy, uh, man, are you man yet? No, yeah. Well, technically not a man. Boy, yeah. yeah, boy. Yeah, I think so, too. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's great. Enjoy it. Uh, you do not. Whenever you feel like you should be acting one way unless it's a moral dilemma. Don't act. You don't have to act macho because too many boys grow up to be men who think they have to act macho. And if they, they were just themselves this whole time, I think that their life would be a little easier. So make your life easier and act like yourself. And I know that when you're 14, other people's words carry a lot of weight. And I promise you when you grow up, People are still going to be kind and people are still going to be shitty to you. Uh, But one thing that I love so much about getting older is giving less of a fuck about what other people think. And I think back to how much I just held on to everyone's opinion of me as the word of God. Mm -hmm. And that's just simply not true. I also think it's interesting that you made the observation that you should probably stop watching porn uh, after watching it a year. I don't know what your reasonings are. I feel like you might be right. I think that, but, but I'm also curious, like I kind of like write us back and tell us why I'm, I'm interested to, to, to see. It is weird that because of the internet and because of porn, you can put in anything on a porn site in a search field and get it. Mm-hmm. I think getting laid should be hard work and hitting on some, it, it should, it's, it's effort, it's work. And I think with porn, it's kind of like, uh, I said this in a meeting today and, I, and I'm like, good thought, Christina. I think a lot of grown men use porn the way that Harvey Weinstein used that potted plant. Mm-hmm. They, they jerk their self-hatred off into it and they keep it there, but it's not solving the problem. So I, you're 14 and I think that the, those layers of bullshit haven't accumulated yet for you. Maybe they're starting to, but um, listen to your gut. If you think you should stop Looking at it, one, I'm curious what you think the reason what I'm the guessing reasoning it's is. consuming his thoughts all day. It must be. And if that's yeah. the case, yes, you should. And to practice that self-control, that's good. That's really good. You're ahead of the game, right. kid. And also, you don't want to, I mean, like, if because Christina said, you know, you can get access to anything you want to. And she's right. So it's like, if you've seen the craziest shit there is to see by the time you're 14. What fun is it when you're 18? But also, what is it going to take to get you off when you're 18? Yeah. And that's a really disturbing thing to think about. And I think, I mean, you know, porn, like Sarah Silverman always says, make it a treat. In her book, she talks about she loves weed, but she says, make it a treat because she was smoking it too much. She was getting lazy and she realized, make it a treat. So I think that these things that maybe sometimes are considered bad uh, in society have gotten that reputation for 
reason. And that's because people have been irresponsible with them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the same thing with alcohol with, I mean, just think of porn like candy. Your mom wouldn't let you have candy every day, you know, like or candy for dinner, candy for breakfast. So it's like, you know, maybe you set, you know, maybe Sunday afternoons is is going to be porn afternoon and you set aside an hour where you enjoy porn because you love it and it makes you feel good. And that gives you something to look forward to on Sunday. I mean, I think there really is a, a, a power in going in going without something. Also, try, yeah, try and jerk, jerk off using your imagination because uh, there's, that's a limitless thing. Right. And that's, it feels good. I've you been doing that wanna, lately. You don't want to jerk off like all the time though. I oh, mean, totally. But a lot of guys I know, I mean, do jerk <laughs> off once a day. So I don't think that there's anything weird about no. doing that. I mean, I know people who do it now. Masturbate more than once a day. Yeah. But that's, yeah. And um oh and back to acting. I mean, I think that the sentence that you said, men feel that you need to act el macho. The fact that the word is act is even in there. When you are being yourself, you don't need to act in any way because you're just being yourself. I don't act like a bitch. I am a bitch. Like that's it. It's fine. That's who I am. And you know, the the, the older you get, you the more you'll realize everything around you. It is sex driven marketing. Any sure. television show, everything is sex driven, and it could seem really overwhelming. And sometimes it's easy to fall into the trap of like, is sex the most important thing? It's not. Mm-mm. It's not the most important thing in the world. It is why all of us are here, but that's not the most important thing in the world. And uh, and so keep keep asking yourself these questions. Keep 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 uh, challenging yourself, and 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 listening to your gut. I think you sound, it seems like you have a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And it seems like you're going to grow up to be a pretty cool ass man. So uh, thank you for writing us. And and thank you for listening, everybody. Guys, what an episode. What a roller really coaster. Fun. It was great. And uh, if you like episodes like this, uh, this is the kind of episodes we do on our bonus uh, content on which is on Stitcher Premium. Uh, I mean, this is not was not just a big ad for that. Don't worry. We're not L'Oreal. Um, but... <laughs> Sorry, that was just a passive aggressive uh, comment that only me and Christina will get because it has to do with with the event we went to yesterday. (laughs) All of life's not an ad. Sometimes we just like stuff. Yeah. Um, But yeah, thank you so much uh, to listening uh, for listening. Thank you so much to listening to guys. We we fucked the anti slut shaming podcast. We'll have a guest next week and we'll talk to you. Thank you.